that your chicken making all that noise? Oh, Jerry loves the morning. Who? Little Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Name my chicken after you. Thanks, that's very sweet, but that is not a chicken. Of course it is. I picked it out myself. Well, you picked out a rooster. Well, that would explain little Jerry's poor egg production. Hello, and welcome to The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm Eric. On today's episode, we'll be discussing some of our favorite animals on Seinfeld. Yeah, and shout out to one of our listeners, Katie, who suggested this topic to us. And if any of our listeners have any suggestions for future topics, feel free to email us and let us know. But I was excited for this week's episode because, you know, we've done a lot of interviews recently and we've dedicated episodes to specific characters, but we haven't done a big episode like this in a while. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. And there's so many great animal moments on Seinfeld and just so many great animals that you see on screen and that are referenced and just amazing classic lines and jokes that come from animals or surround animals. And We'll get into it a little bit, but it's kind of interesting because they don't really show any pets on Seinfeld, except for one notable exception at the very beginning. But uh, the main four don't really have any pets. And it's kind of one of those, uh, you know, sometimes it's a sitcom trope where to kind of make things interesting, they'll introduce an animal. But Seinfeld obviously always did it in the best way possible. And I was having trouble deciding which animal I wanted to discuss first. But you touched on it a little bit. I think it's only fitting that we start off with the first animal that appeared on the show. And that is, of course, Kramer's dog, Ralph. Hey, he likes you, George. (laughs) He's getting a drink of water. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and we talk about the first episode kind of being like a dream sequence, almost like quasi Seinfeld episode. And that's one of those things where it's like, whoa, Kramer has a dog. Like, where am I? Yeah. You know, how long have I been asleep? What what year is this? <laughs> and it's interesting because the only reason Kramer even had a dog in that first episode was because Jerry had a stand up bit about dogs. But that segment was eventually cut. So instead, we just have that random scene with Kramer's dog and then we never see him again. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because there are some great stand up moments that Jerry has talking about dogs later on in the series. Oh, yeah. He has a lot of great stand up bits about animals. But going back to Kramer's dog for a second, I do remember Michael Richards saying on the DVDs how he actually considered living with that dog because he figured if the show got picked up that he would be working with him all the time. And of course, that never happened. But I just love that even from day one, Michael was so committed to the role that he was willing to do that. But since we're on the subject of dogs, I think we'll stay on this topic for a little bit. So, Adam, what's the next dog you'd like to discuss? Well, I just watched this episode recently, and I think it's only fitting because the title of the episode is The Dog. And that's, of course, Idiot Farfel, the dog that, you know, is messing up Jerry's apartment. He goes everywhere. He's barking all the time. Jerry can't go anywhere. He can't leave the house. He can't perform. Uh, It's just, you know, it's a nightmare. It's like one of the worst things to happen to Jerry in his life, honestly. Yeah. Going to the dog pound, everybody. Going to the dog pound. Come on now. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I was thinking about this, uh, you know, I was taking notes and watching the episode. And in another sitcom, 
it, the dog would be like this vicious beast in the beginning and, you know, nobody would like him and they wouldn't get along. And then by the end, it would be all happy and be like, oh, no, he's just misunderstood. You know, he just wanted some love. Blah, blah. But it's like, no, Farfel's like everything else in Seinfeld, which is why we love it, where he doesn't change. He's just a mean, vicious dog from beginning to end. His owner is this guy that, you know, got drunk on a plane, you know, had to make an emergency landing, all this stuff. And he comes back and he's he's still a booze hound at the end. So <laughs> it's just it's a great little uh, microcosm, you know, of Seinfeld that we see in that episode. That's really such a great point. And this isn't a very popular episode, but I thought there were some great bits in it, especially the stuff with Farfel. I like when Jerry says 200 seats on a plane and I got to wind up next to Yukon Jack and his dog Cujo. <laughs> I love that line, especially because you can clearly see Jerry is starting to break. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also like when Elaine says to Jerry, let me ask you, when you walk him, do you pick it up? <laughs> yes, I pick it up. <laughs> Boy, I would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> And you mentioned Jerry's great stand-up bits, and he has a great one in this episode when he talks about people on his block walking their dogs with the holding the poop bags. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which to him seems like the lowest function of human life. He's like, if aliens are watching this through telescopes, they're going to think the dogs are the leaders. I mean, let's face it, if you see two life forms, one of them is making a poop, the other one is carrying it for him, who would you assume is in charge? It's so true. <laughs> Love it. And just some more trivia about this episode. There was actually a deleted scene where Kramer reveals that he fed Farfel too much Turkish taffy, which would explain his erratic behavior and why he was barking so much. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they cut that. It would have been very clunky and awkward fit into the plot, I think. I like the idea of just Farfel, you know, just kind of being this dog that just hates Jerry for no reason and yeah. acts that way. And, you know, has this owner that just, you know, pretends that he loves him and cares about him, but maybe he doesn't. And, uh, it's just kind of one of those, you know, things that eh, it's best left to your imagination. Yeah, I agree. I also wanted to mention that in the earlier seasons of the show, we see that Elaine is an animal lover. You know, she doesn't like when Ava is wearing the fur coat in The Stranded, and she doesn't like when Jerry orders tuna in the stock tip. And we see another example of her caring for animals in this episode. Jerry is ready to bring Farfel to the pound, and Elaine offers to watch him for the night so that Jerry doesn't have to do that. But as we can hear in this scene, it doesn't take long before Elaine loses her patience watching Farfel. Get out of my face! This is not Seinfeld you're doing. When I get through with you, you'll be begging to go to that pound. Shut up! Shut up! Hello? Who's calling? Oh my God, the dog guy! Where have you been? Yeah, well, you better pick up your dog tonight or he has humped his last leg. <laughs> I love Julia in that scene. And it's interesting because she didn't really get a lot of physical bits in the first 20 or 30 episodes of the series. I mean, she had that great scene with friend of the show, Doug Ballard, when his alarm doesn't go off and she's, you know, he's trying to catch the plane. The alarm didn't go off. It's 915. Right. <laughs> 
And of course, another great early episode for Julia was in the pen. But for the most part, there wasn't really a lot of opportunities for her to really show off her comedic abilities. And I just wish there were, because whenever she would get the opportunity, she just knocked it out of the park. Oh, yeah. You know, that's a good point. But one thing I was thinking of, too, is the fact that, you know, Jerry was able to live with Farfall for a few days, at least. Elaine was really caring or whatever, and it only took one night with Farfall just to break her. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't seem like an early season Elaine trait. That seems like a season nine Elaine thing where she would just, you know, yeah, completely despise this dog after a few hours. But But you can really see how much better of an actress Julia is than Jerry. And no knock on Jerry. He's my favorite character. But Jerry dealing with Farfel versus Julia dealing with Farfel. And you can see why Julia won all those Emmys. Totally. Yeah. Also, one last moment from the dog that I wanted to bring up is when Gavin picks up Farfel at Jerry's apartment. And as he's leaving, he makes that comment to Jerry. Oh, yeah. Like prediction. You'll be calling me and asking me to see him before the month is out. Prediction. I never see you or him again for the rest of my life. Evan <laughs> <laughs> Pallon would have been great to see in the finale. Have him and Farfel up on the stand. Yeah, that's an episode we should do. Characters that weren't in the finale that we wish were there. It's a great it's idea. Paul Stamp. <laughs> Now, getting back to Elaine, I already mentioned how she was a big animal lover in the earlier seasons, but that definitely changed as the series went on. Even in the examples I mentioned before with Ava wearing the fur coat and Jerry ordering the tuna, later in the series, we actually see Elaine order tuna. I think it's at Reggie's when she's like, this tuna tastes like an old sponge. (laughs) And the other example with Ava wearing the fur coat, we see Putty wear the man fur in the reverse peephole and... Jerry says to Elaine, and of course, you find this morally reprehensible. And she just says, eh, anti-fur. I mean, who has the energy anymore? Right. It's more about hanging off the arm of an idiot. (laughs) But getting back to Farfel for a second, you can actually argue that Farfel was a turning point for Elaine's relationship with dogs. Because after that episode, pretty much every interaction she has with dogs is just a horrible experience. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. An example of this is in the glasses when she gets bit by the strange dog and she's worried she has rabies because she didn't get a rabies shot. Not shot, dog bite. (laughs) Woof, woof, not bang, bang. (laughs) Yes, but uh, when I was taking notes, I wrote that down as the dog that got hit with the air conditioner. (laughs) (laughs) I think it got the dog. (laughs) We also can't forget that she's also afraid of snowball. Little snowball? It's on batteries. <laughs> He's like a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> what about when she's yelling at the guy from Jerry's window? She's like, hey, you down there. Remember me? I had to get shot because of your stupid dog. <laughs> hey, you want to spit on him? <laughs> and by the way, since we're discussing this episode, what does Uncle Leo say is Jeffrey's favorite animal? A leopard. <laughs> He likes the spots. <laughs> I love how Led Lesser points to his just points to his arm when he says that <laughs> one. It's <just> perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and we also learn that cousin Jeffrey has a horse face. He does look like a horse. Yeah, J- George even mistakes him for being a horse later in the episode. <laughs> 
Well, we can't bring up Elaine's history with dogs without bringing up the engagement episode. Oh, yes. Roxy. <laughs> Shut up, you stupid little mutt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do kind of have to feel for Elaine because why is the dog outside all night? You know, well, it's pretty clear why. You know, obviously the owners don't want to hear it. But they just don't. There's death to it. But. Yeah, you know, you do have to feel bad, and at least it does say that she can't hurt a dog. And that's yeah. a fair, you know, thing to do. But, you know, obviously, kidnapping the dog and releasing it upstate is probably not the greatest idea in the world either. <laughs> yeah, but talk about the evolution of Elaine's character. This is really telling in this episode, the fact that she's willing to actually kidnap a dog. It's something we would never see in the earlier seasons. Well, that may be true about dogs, but in the early seasons, in fact, in the first season, she wanted to pay a hitman to rub out a couple of cats. That's true. But it did seem like she was kidding in that episode where in this episode, she seems a lot more serious about it. Fair point. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Guys with cats. I don't know. <laughs> but in that episode, when she says to Jerry, what if there should be some unfortunate accident? That reminds me of Kramer in this episode. And he takes it a little further when he says that he happens to know someone who specializes in exactly these kinds of sticky situations. And that leads us to this classic scene when Elaine and Kramer meet with the big mastermind. I don't really know why I'm here. Kramer, Kramer talked me into coming up here, but obviously I could never really do anything. Of course. <laughs> obviously. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm sorry for wasting your time. What? kind of dog did you say it was? Um, I don't know. I've never really seen it. I see many dogs on my mail route. I'll bet there's not one type of mutt or mongrel I haven't run across. If you ask me, they have no business living amongst us. Vile, useless... No, man! Anyway. Yeah. Well, um... I was just curious if, if I were interested in availing myself of your services, um, what exactly would you do? Well, Elaine, there's any number of things that I could do. But I can promise you this, though. This vicious beast will never bother you again. So what's it going to be? No, I, I'm sorry. I can't hurt a dog. I can't hurt a dog. I can't. Wait a minute. I got it. We'll kidnap him. We'll kidnap the dog, we'll drop him off upstate, and this way he won't bother anymore and he won't get hurt. Yeah, I suppose. Huh? I'd have to think about it. I doubt it, though. I doubt it. I'll let you know. Of course. Take your time. I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> Newman in all his glory. Oh, what a fantastic scene. Just the fact, you know, the classic cliche of the mailman-dog rivalry. Yep. And Seinfeld finds a way, again, bring it to the next level. Yeah, and this is a rare situation where Elaine and Newman actually have a common enemy. Yeah, that's true. There's no real inkling that Newman is like attracted to her or anything. Yeah. You know, it's all sort of uh, all business. And Newman's hatred with dogs, this tracks back to the Diplomats Club when he mentions taking over David Berkowitz's old route. And boy, were there a lot of dogs on that route. Leave them talk to you. 
tell me to keep off the snacks. <laughs> <laughs> There's also at the end of the doodle when Newman gets chased by Buford. Oh, you remember the mailman. <laughs> I think that scene is so like, it's cute kind of because it, Buford obviously is not like a vicious dog or anything. And Newman is just, you know, scared of him just because he's a dog, it seems like. Yeah. And obviously in that end scene, you know, the, the sidewalk is very narrow. So they're kind of like running side by side. It's very like vaudevillian. Yeah. Like a lot of Wayne Knight stuff, you know, it, but that scene in particular just always kind of tickles me. Yeah, great scene. But yeah, it would definitely make sense that Newman is the big mastermind. But this storyline comes back in the wink when James's dogs keep barking at Elaine. And Jerry says to her, maybe his dogs heard about how you tried to kidnap that other dog. He's much like the gossip. And of course, we can't forget later in the episode when the dogs are chasing her down the street because Jerry stuffed the pockets with mutton. And when Elaine finds out about it later on, she's like, I had dogs chasing me for that. I was almost mauled because of that mutton. <laughs> but we've talked a lot about Elaine's relationship with dogs, but... What about some of the other characters? What about Kramer? Oh, well, when you talk about Kramer's relationship with dogs, you got to talk about Smuckers. Oh, of course. Kramer shares the same cough with him, and I love how his owner just lets Kramer borrow him for the day and take him to the vet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder if that's even his owner, because the guy's walking like three dogs, I think. So I wonder if he's just a dog walker. Yeah. That's like, oh, all right, I'll let him go. You know, <laughs> seems like he cares more about him than I do. <laughs> Yeah, and Kramer also has a nice list of animals there that he mentions. You know, vet has to cure a lizard, a chicken, a pig, a frog, all in the same day. <laughs> yeah, definitely leading the wackier. That season eight, nine mentality in that episode, but you gotta love it. What are the symptoms? Uh, well, it, uh, it uh, hurts when he swallows, especially when he drinks orange juice. I mean, uh, dog food. Juice. And what's worse, he has a nagging cough. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we've been seeing a lot of this lately. Been drinking from the toilet? What? No. It's disgusting. But I really think this is one of Michael's best episodes. His physical comedy is just incredible. One of my favorite scenes is when Jerry is trying to feed him the dog pills on the couch. <laughs> That scene is one of my all-time favorites, and it's so over the top, Ugh. but it just works. I mean, it really does. It just Kramer acting like a dog, and I think, speaking of Newman, you know, I think one of my absolute favorite lines is when Jerry walks into Newman's apartment. He's like, icing his eggs, like, Kramer bit me! Because <laughs> <laughs> he just says it with enough flatness where it's, he's almost like accepting of it now. He's like, all right, I guess Kramer's a dog now, so he's just going to bite me. Yeah. <laughs> And getting back to that scene when Jerry is trying to feed him the pills. I love when Jerry reads the bottle and he's like, for smuckers, they cause panting and loss of fur. These are dog pills. <laughs> In the same symptoms. But he's a dog. You got to see a doctor. Oh, no, no doctor for me. <laughs> I also love when Jerry tells him he's going to run some errands. He starts jiggling his keys. He's like, come on, you want to go for a ride? Come on. <laughs> He springs up out of the couch. Ugh, so great. 
or later when Kramer realizes Jerry is taking him to the doctor and <laughs> Jerry tries to pull him out of the car, he runs away. He's like, get back here, Kramer. You are bad, bad Kramer. <laughs> yeah, and of course, the culmination of that episode, <laughs> the Kramer storyline, where he's just having a horrible coughing fit, trying to tell the police about, you know, the crazy big headed woman stabbing some guy <laughs> at the old mill restaurant. <laughs> Good boy, good boy. Good boy. What about George's relationship with dogs? I couldn't think of too many moments. There were a couple that I thought of, actually. So this one, I think, you know, it's kind of a buried line. The episode is not one of the fan favorites either. But in The Stranded, um, when they're in the pharmacy the first time, George is looking for something because he has flea bites. And, you know, fleas get mentioned a few times on Seinfeld as well. And... There's a few flea references uh, I'll bring up two real quick, but he says that his cousin's idiot dog gave him fleas. And um, I wonder which cousin it is, because we don't see too many relatives of George. We only see his cousin, Shelly. Mm-hmm. But I think in this case, it's one of his male cousins. So I wonder right. who has a dog and who's actually, you know, hanging out with George or George is willing to go hang out at his place. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. But bringing up fleas, I just, you know, he mentions fleas there. I also love. Obviously, when they talk about the flea market, and he's like, well, what goes on there exactly? <laughs> <laughs> you think they have fleas there? Yes, you do, Biff. <laughs> You've never been to a flea market, and you think they have fleas there. <laughs> All right, so I do. So what? <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk about more flea moments a little later on in the episode. But one other George moment I wanted to bring up with dogs is when he tells Jerry and Elaine that he once said, I love you to a dog. He licked himself and left the room. (laughs) That wasn't a total loss. (laughs) But let's uh, shift gears here and talk a little bit about some of the cats in the series. Because George definitely had at least one classic moment with a cat. I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. Oh, are you talking about uh, Akita? Of course. (laughs) Who left the door open? Who left the door open? (laughs) I like when he's like, come on, help me look. And George is just like, got him bending over. <laughs> and Kramer has that great line when he says, you know, cats, they run away all the time. My aunt, she had a cat ran away, showed up three years later. You never know. They got these things in their brains where they can remember where they're from. Unless, of course, somebody else starts feeding her. See, that's what you got to worry about. <laughs> Oh, well, another cat moment that uh, relates to George is when he's telling Corbin Burnson the story of the cat that uh, he killed the cat, you know, for not feeding it. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. Don't you think that would be a great case for L.A. law? <laughs> <laughs> what about in the slicer when Elaine and Kramer blew out the power and shut off the cat's automatic feeder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kramer's like, see, that's the same thing that happened to Lomez. What did he do? Well, he uh, moved into a motel and the cat eventually died. (laughs) Some great stuff in that episode with Kramer and Elaine. And, you know, they didn't really get a lot of opportunities to do stuff together throughout the series. So anytime they did, I really enjoyed it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they were really great together. And that scene, you know, with them trying to blow out the neighbor circuit, there was a lot of great bloopers that came out of that scene. (laughs) One of my favorites. Yeah. I thought that you'd done this before. Well, I have. It's just 
It's no picnic. <laughs> it's easy. Just do it quickly. <laughs> Another cat moment I thought of was in the conversion when Jerry finds the tube of fungicide in his girlfriend's medicine cabinet, and he's worried it's for her, but later he finds out it's for her cat, Bonkers, and he's like, oh, it's your cat. (laughs) What? Oh, nothing. (laughs) Yeah, that was another one where they had a weird animal storyline where there was going to be a whole thing where they were trying to like rush bonkers to the vet and there was these deleted scenes with them in the car very strange it wasn't i don't know like maybe obviously it was raw it wasn't wasn't cut together all nice and polished but still it just didn't seem just didn't feel like seinfeld when you watched it yeah i always feel weird watching those deleted scenes yeah totally i agree I think those are all the cat references on Seinfeld, but there might be a few we're missing, but I think those are the major ones. But moving on to some other animals, we also polled our listeners on Instagram and we asked you guys what some of your favorite animals were from the series. And as always, we got some amazing responses, some of them we already mentioned so far. But here's a classic animal moment that many of our listeners said was their favorite. What about ponies, huh? What kind of abnormal animal is that? And those kids who had their own ponies. I know. I hated those kids. In fact, I hate anyone that ever had a pony when they were growing up. I had a pony. (laughs) Well, I didn't uh, really mean a pony per se. When I was a little girl in Poland, we all had ponies. My sister had pony. My cousin had pony. So what's wrong with that? Nothing, nothing at all. I was just merely expressing. Should we have some coffee? Who's having coffee? He was a beautiful pony, and I loved him. Well, I'm sure you did. Who wouldn't love a pony? Who wouldn't love a person that had a pony? You. You said so. No, see, we didn't have ponies. I'm sure at that time in Poland, they were very common. They were... Probably like compact cars. That's it. I had enough. Have your coffee, everybody. She's a little upset. It's been an emotional day. I didn't know she had a pony. How was I to know she had a pony? Who figures an immigrant's gonna have a pony? Do you know what the odds are on that? I mean, in all the pictures I saw of immigrants on boats coming into New York Harbor, I never saw one of them sitting on a pony. (laughs) Why would anyone come here if they had a pony? Who leaves a country packed with ponies to come to a non-pony country? It doesn't make sense. Am I wrong? Anytime we have the opportunity to play that clip, we're going to play it because... How could you not love Manya? Oh, definitely. And I would have loved to uh, see that pony. It sounds like it was quite a specimen. Yeah. 
the pride of Krakow. <laughs> I think we actually played that clip when we discussed the one episode characters because she's obviously one of the greats. Oh, 100%. Another big response we got from the listeners was Barry, the monkey in the face painter. Oh, of course. Yeah, and I got to say, Barry might have been the greatest performance from any animal that appeared on the series. The fact that a monkey did improv on that show. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how long it took them to shoot it, but that scene with Kramer when he's apologizing to him and Barry spits the water in his face and then he starts climbing up on the cage like it was just fantastic. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, just the interaction between the two of them, because just the fact that Kramer would get so upset at a monkey and it seems like something that, like, in real life, Michael Richards, if he was having to do a scene with a monkey in real life and, like, you know, on the set and he'd just be getting upset and be like, oh, this monkey's throwing me off. I don't know what's going on. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, since we're already talking about monkeys, uh, how about the great Coco? All the oh, references there. Yeah. Right, Coco. That chimp's all right. High five. Coco, <laughs> <laughs> oh, go, 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 go. I was going to say, there's also the classic scene when George is arguing with Watkins at play now. And Kruger's like, hey, look at George. He's giving it to T-Bone. He's jumping up and down like some kind of monkey. <laughs> Remember when we were talking about Kruger in the episode we did about him? That That's one of the best lines that he has. Like, <laughs> I love So him. much fun to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then George comes back in the room and he's like. From now on, I will be known as Coco the Monkey. <laughs> Coco, Coco. The next animal on the list, and this might have been the number one response we got from the listeners, but it's the one and only Little Jerry. Oh, yeah, of course. Little Jerry's a lean, mean pecking machine. <laughs> Definitely one of the highlights of the eighth season, for sure. Yeah, and it's kind of a semi-sentimental moment when Kramer's like, this is little Jerry Seinfeld. I named my chicken after you. Jerry's like, that's very sweet, but that's a rooster. (laughs) (laughs) And Michael actually hated working with little Jerry, especially the scenes when they're walking on the New York street, because I think Michael was trying to do some physical bits with him while they were walking together, but little Jerry just refused to walk with him. And you can actually see it on the blooper reel on the DVDs. Like Michael's just like, this is the dumbest bird I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know what his expectations were, but uh, <laughs> I have to say, you know, if a chicken can be photogenic, the chicken they got to play Little Jerry was one of the most photogenic chickens I've ever seen. He really looked good on, on Seinfeld for some reason. I don't know what it is, but it yeah. really got like just the perfect chicken to fit in. Yeah, they did. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And just those scenes with him and Kramer. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and one of the best scenes in this episode is when Jerry is telling Kramer that Marcelino wants them to sell him Little Jerry. And I think we'll just listen to this clip because it's so great. Kramer, Marcelino wants us to sell him Little Jerry Seinfeld. Well, that's out of the question. But Kramer, cockfighting is an illegal and immoral activity. Yeah, if you got a loser. <laughs> but Little Jerry was born to cockfight. <laughs> no more cockfighting. Let's just sell him to Marcelino the cockfighter and be done with it. You know, I think you're jealous. Of what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you see in little Jerry Seinfeld the unlimited future you once had. 
Now, just because Jerry Seinfeld is a has-been, don't make little Jerry Seinfeld than ever was. Kramer, give me that booster. Never! You hate him because he's doing more with your name than you ever will. <laughs> Jerry has always said that one of the things he misses most about the show is filming a scene with Michael Richards and having him yell six inches from his face. <laughs> That's a oh. great example. Yeah, totally. I mean, what a classic scene. And I love every time in Seinfeld, whenever they make fun of Jerry's career, or like poke fun at him being like a has-been. <laughs> it's obviously, uh, yeah, obviously it was the opposite of true at that point. But, you know, TV Jerry, they just kind of see him as, you know, yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, as the series went on and on, the real Jerry got more and more successful. But I feel like they made fun of his stand up more and more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in show business. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, I hear wonderful things about Bloomingdale's executive training program. <laughs> now, this Bloomingdale's thing be the next wave. <laughs> I also love the scene in Jerry's kitchen when they're working out with little Jerry and Jerry's holding the boxing gloves up. (laughs) (laughs) That is a fantastic visual. Uh, I think that's enough for today. (laughs) (laughs) And then Kramer's putting some water in a pot and he's like, I think I'm just going to heat this up. Make a little hot tub for little Jerry. (laughs) Kramer, be careful. (laughs) And then last but not least, there's the final scene at the cockfight. Kramer has that great line when they see Marcelino's bird and he's like, looks like a dog with a glove on his head. (laughs) And let's listen to the rest of this scene. Okay, I got the whole scoop. Marcelino flew the bird in from Ecuador. He's 68 and 0. He's a ring. Where's the tamale guy? Jerry's going to get his clock cleaned. I got to get him out of there. Great episode and definitely one of the best animal moments for sure. Yeah, just one of those great season eight episodes where things just got wackier, but it worked so well. Yeah, and it's a rare episode where the episode really revolves around the animal. I mean, we have the dog, we have the little Jerry, but there's really not many episodes. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think this was the only post Larry David episode that was mentioned in the finale, by the way. Could be wrong about that, but I think that it was. Oh, yeah, because Marcelino uh, takes the stand. That's right. And while we're on the subject, uh, what are some other birds you can think of that appeared on the series? Well, technically, uh, these birds weren't on screen, but obviously a lot of the references we're making, you don't actually see the animals. But the doves that Kramer references that are his friends that he has to look after. And later, Elaine tells that great story when they're in the lobby of the hotel. Ah, oh, Julia is fantastic in that scene. I love when she's saying you know, the doves fly out and she does the move with her coat where she has her hands in the pockets. And, yeah. oh, brilliant. 
And she's like, now we're running down the street after these dust. I almost got hit by a bus. <laughs> and then later in The Stranded, uh, Kramer, well, I'm assuming it's the same doves, but Kramer's talking about it to Steve Pocatillo. And he's like, and then three of them turned brown. Well, I followed the instructions. <laughs> oh, those are absolutely the same doves. <laughs> well, speaking of doves, what about Miss Rhode Island's doves? Oh, sure. Yeah. We hear them. <laughs> I heard those doves were really incredible. <laughs> That's a shame. Well, we can't forget about the bird that flies into Elaine's giant freak head. That's right. That bird flew right into your head. Like you couldn't avoid it. Strange thing. Bird into a woman's head. <laughs> what about Frank's hen, chicken, and rooster monologue? Does that count? think so yeah because uh it's funny when we were talking about little jerry i said the thing about uh you know kramer says i named my chicken after you and jerry goes well it's a rooster and i'm thinking like well i'm glad we had that conversation in season seven at the dinner table with frank and the rosses and everybody uh to clear that up you know so that we truly understood when we got to the little jerry we understood that joke right one of our listeners wrote Kramer as the turkey, but I think that's more of a food moment. But you, you could look at it as an animal moment, too. Yeah, I know. I kind of thought of that one, too. That's like a half and half. But yeah. what about uh, the pigeon that George runs over? We had a deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he also stomps them in the park. They didn't move. <laughs> OK, let's uh, change the subject. <laughs> Yeah, George's squirrel was another one that a lot of the listeners wrote in about. Those scenes at the vet are great, which, by the way, is the same vet that treated Smuckers. Oh, that's right. Following that trend of uh, not so great doctors that we see on Seinfeld. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We could, of course, try to save him, but it would be costly, difficult, and we'd have to send away for some special, really tiny instruments. And uh, how much would it cost to put him down? Well, it's by the pound, so about 80 cents. <laughs> and then there's also when the squirrel is recovering and the vet is like, just make sure he gets his medicine six times a day and keep his tail elevated. <laughs> Another squirrel reference is in the conversion when George converts to Latvian Orthodox and Frank is like, is this the group that goes around mutilating squirrels? <laughs> And going back to the birds for a second, we can't forget Fredo. Oh, yeah. Well, Fredo was weak and stupid. He shouldn't have eaten that key. (laughs) Hey, Kramer, I dug Fredo up. Now let's cut him open. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Hey, neighbor. (laughs) And we talked about dogs already, but we forgot to mention that Lassie number three was buried in that cemetery. Oh, yeah, that's right. Man's best friend. Jerry, I want something like that on my tombstone. (laughs) Yeah, and jumping back forward a bit to the squirrels conversation, again in The Stranded, uh, there's a few animal references, but one of the lines that Elaine says when she sees uh, George's girlfriend there wearing the fur, she's like, oh, go on, go on. Maybe on your way home you can run over a squirrel. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now, we can't talk about animals on Seinfeld without mentioning horses. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorite animals on Seinfeld is definitely Rusty. Rusty! (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. When you talk about horses on Seinfeld, I mean, he's the king. Absolutely. One of my favorite episodes, and I just love all the stuff with Kramer riding the Rosses around for their anniversary and Rusty with the beef arena. It's just perfect. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So much fun and just so much mileage out of, you know, a great flatulence joke where ordinarily I think they wouldn't use that on Seinfeld because it is broad. But I think the fact that it's the horse just gives it that little bit of an edge. I'm so keen on Beefarino. What a delicious casino fit for King and Queen-o. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eat up. You got 47 more cans. <laughs> Beefarino? You fed the horse Beefarino? Well, I overbought. I love when Jerry's trying to throw the rye bread up to George and he's like, Creamer, can you get this horse out of here? I can't get any oxygen. <laughs> I want to go back on there. Now, we also see Ruthie riding a horse in the gum, and I wonder if that's Rusty. Oh, yeah, that could be. Although, I don't know if they have the same horses pulling the handsome cabs as they do as for riding, but you never know. That's a good point. Another horse I love is Papernick from the subway. Oh, that's great, yeah. His mother was a mother? What did I just say? <laughs> Elaine also puts a sawbuck on Captain Nemo in the third at Belmont. That's right. That's a great trivia question right there when you're doing uh, Festivus trivia, of course, because that's all in the strike episode. Yeah. So you can slip that in there, you know. And then later at the Festivus dinner, I love when Elaine asks him, hey, how did my horse do? Had to be shot. (laughs) (laughs) Also, doesn't Mr. Pitt have a horse named Jenny? You're right, he does. I haven't been on Jenny in three days. Yep. And we have a bunch of other animal moments that we're going to list off real quick. And again, a lot of these were ones that listeners wrote in. So thank you so much for your responses. We mentioned George's fleas earlier. And here's another great moment involving fleas. Norman, open the door, Norman. I know you're in there. Hello, Jerry. What a pleasant surprise. There's nothing pleasant about it. I must have just cut the crap. You gave me fleas. I know it, and you know it. Fleas? <laughs> That's preposterous. How could I give you fleas? Now, if you don't mind. Oh, but I do. There's probably fleas crawling all over your little snack bar. So you have fleas. Maybe you keep your house in a state of disrepair. Maybe you live in squalor. You know, Newman, the thing about fleas is that they irritate the skin. And they start to itch. Oh, maybe you can hold out five seconds or ten. Maybe 15 or 20. But after a while, no matter how much willpower a person may have, it won't matter. Because they're crawling, crawling on your skin, up your legs, up your spine, up your back. One of the best Jerry and Newman scenes. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's deleted footage where you find out that Newman got the fleas originally from Buford, he believes. So it all kind of ties in, you know, to what we were talking about before. Yeah, that's interesting. But going down the list here, we have Elaine's goldfish in the parking garage. Yep, definitely. His eyes look a little cloudy. Those are your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's, of course, George saving the beached whale and the marine biologist. And then all, he also names a bunch of animals in the episode that he claims to know about. Right. <laughs> Another one on the list is when Kramer tells Jerry that he's going to help Newman pick out a turtle. Surprise, they come. <laughs> There's also the elephant in The Betrayal. Oh, yeah. Quick guest star. And basically, uh, at that point, them just flaunting that they could do whatever they wanted. Right. So that's a very special elephant. Another response we got from one of our listeners was the Hamptons lobsters, which I'm not sure if that's really an animal moment or a food moment, but I figured to mention it anyway. Yeah, it's, again, one of those half and half moments. That's kind of like I wrote down from the nap where Elaine says that she went clamming and she got to hose off her boots. Yeah. You know, she clams and scallops. But technically, when you're going clamming and scalloping, you're going to eat them. So it's kind of right. like, yeah, but a little funny moment. I love this one. Someone wrote the fish that falls out of Morty's Cadillac after Jack Klompus drives it into the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And and Klompus also has the interaction. He says, I'm lucky those crocs didn't get me. Yep. There's also all the animals that freak out at the circus when Kramer passes the stone. Oh, yeah, that's right. All the circus animals. And we also got a lot of flies and like insects responses. Yeah, I have a few of those written down, too, from my notes. Yeah, the first one I have on the list is um, the fly that George swallows in the (laughs) (laughs) ex-girlfriend. I think I swallowed a fly. What should I do? What can happen? <laughs> Another one is when Frank talks about how Queens is full of mosquitoes. That's too, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly. What about when George pretends he has a wife and he's like, she's an entomologist, flies, gnats. That's <laughs> <laughs> so great because like it's it's so elaborate that it has to be a lie. I mean, obviously we know it's a lie, but like. You know, somebody listening to that's going to be like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I love that that's where his brain goes. Yeah, exactly. Well, what about uh, before Kramer leaves California? He tells George, you know, I got the bug. Yeah, I got a touch of something, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but some more from the list. We have uh, Kramer when he steps on the jellyfish when he visits the Cayman Islands. That's what Rulo was trying to warn you about. Yeah, you got to watch out for the jellyfish. <laughs> A lot of these are quotes, but they still count. Um, There's also in the big salad when Kramer's like, he wants to see his fish. I'm taking him to see his fish. (laughs) So tell the police to back off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's another great fish reference in the pick when Jerry and Tia are at his apartment. He's saying, uh, I'm thinking of putting an aquarium in here. And she says, are you ready for that kind of a commitment? And he goes, well, figure if anything happens, I can flush him. (laughs) that's horrible (laughs) well jerry also has that line why are fish so thin they eat fish (laughs) Ah, ah. (laughs) it's a good impression (laughs) thank you oh i just thought of this one what about the um lousy moth-ridden cabana crap oh yeah kramer has the moths even fly out of the jacket at the end yeah, and that reminds me also in the same episode when Frank thinks there's a mouse and he's like, okay, that's it. We're moving. <laughs> I will not tolerate infestation. 
Here's a good one. How about um, when Jerry got bumped by the lizard on career day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to talk about animals that uh, aren't necessarily real animals, they might be cartoon or something. We have the pig from the cartoon who's at the complaint department and he's saying, oh. I wish I was taller. Yeah. I would like to see that complaint rectified. <laughs> that had me thinking about in the opera before they go in. And Elaine's like, we're going to miss the overture. Overture, curtains, lights. This is it. We'll hit the heights. Oh, what heights will hit? On with the show. This is it. Sung by a cartoon rabbit and a cartoon duck, of course. Yeah. And speaking of pigs, um, a few of our listeners wrote the pig man, but <laughs> as we find out at the end, it's actually just a fat little mental patient. <laughs> we got a few more quotes that our listeners wrote in. Someone just wrote the ring-tailed lemur. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Another listener wrote a uh, frog. Frog? Frog is wrong. Or how about he looks like a frog? <laughs> so do you and george has eaten frogs so nobody's perfect that's right and speaking of george it does appear that he has a hamster cage in his apartment and i'm not quite sure if that's just like decoration or if he really did have a hamster at one point but that's kind of a big mystery with george's apartment is that hamster set yeah because sometimes he does go back there and looks like he kind of lifts something up and maybe puts a little food in there so he's feeding it but yeah, that's right. You never hear any reference to it or anything. It'd be kind of an odd thing to have just as a decoration. But then again, I don't know. Yeah. Well, one animal that gets referenced that I love because it's just in the context of one of the greatest monologues slash rants of the series is in the subway when Elaine's talking about stopping for rats. Probably rats on the track. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of my favorite Elaine scenes. Yeah, totally. And just a few more. We have George's fake horses, Snoopy and Prickly Pete. <laughs> There's Alex in the muffin tops who likes hairless animals. And Jerry figures if she likes one hairless animal, why not another? That's right. Then he turns into a werewolf at the end of the episode. Oh, that feels good. There's also the classic line, maybe the dingo ate your baby. Oh, yeah. How could we forget that one? <laughs> yep. There's also the scene in the glasses when George says that he broke his glasses playing basketball and Jerry tells Elaine he was running from a bee. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Jerry lines in reference to George. And speaking of bees in the summer of George, when George declares it the summer of George, he all of a sudden is attacked by a bee and has to start swatting it away. <laughs> Great scene. And finally, one last response we got was from Surreal Feld on Instagram. If you don't follow him, definitely check him out. He's actually going to be a guest on our show in a future episode, but his answer really impressed me. He wrote, the unseen Holsteins in the bottle deposit. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, when the dad says to Newman, going to be milking the Holsteins in the morning if you like the London hand, um, when they're having dinner at the dinner table with his daughter. Just going to pull the teeth a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's one that I never would have thought of. I, I love answers like that. You know, where you're just like, oh, yeah, of course. Wow. Bravo, Surreal Feld. Absolutely. Shout out to Surreal Feld on Instagram for thinking of that one. 
And once again, shout out to Katie, our listener, for suggesting this topic this week. We hope you all enjoyed it. As always, we thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at theplacetobeseinfeld at gmail.com. You can also find our show on Facebook at The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast, Twitter at TPTB Seinfeld, and Instagram at theplacetobe.podcast. You can find our show on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like, please rate and review. It really helps us out. Until next time, be sure to hang up your pants for the perfect crease. Okay, a little later, we're going to be talking with animal expert Jim Fowler. Where are the cameras? But first, we're talking with Jerry. Hey, Jerry, um, you, uh, you drugged a woman in order to play with her toy collection. How do you feel about that? It was great. I've done it a few more times since then. And she doesn't know anything about this. No, not a thing. Well, Jerry, we have a little surprise for you. Come on out, Celia. What kind of sick, twisted creep are you? What, what is this? What is she doing here? It's a new format, Scandals and Animals. If you think you can drug me and play with my toys, you've got another thing coming, buddy. Go, girl. <laughs> What kind of woman drinks an entire box of wine? <laughs> Mr. Fowler, I, I have a squirrel here that is a miracle of modern science. <laughs> George, I told you, we're booked. Careful. Hawks and squirrels don't get along together. Ooh, another interesting confrontation. This could be spicy. Yeah, George, bring them over. Uh, no, you idiot. Hawks eat squirrels. <laughs> <laughs>